Welcome to the FUMS Now podcast show, where you'll gain information, inspiration, and motivation for living your best life with multiple sclerosis. Find us online at FUMSnow.com. I'm your host, Kathy Reagan Young. Hey there, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with me today. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode. Today's guest is an artist that worked on Marvel's Darkhawk comic, among many others, and uses her talents to inform and educate the public about MS. I'm psyched to talk to her today. But first, let me ask you if you'd like to share your FUMS spirit with the world. If your answer is yes, as it should be, of course, head over to the FUMS merchandise shop at FUMSnow.com slash shop. Pick up a hat, a t-shirt, a coffee mug, a face mask, or a sweatshirt with the big ol' F-U-M-S emblazoned on it. Again, that's at F-U-M-S-N-O-W.com slash shop. Today's guest is Brooke Pelzinski. She's an artist, illustrator, and comic-creating multiple sclerosis fighter. She graduated with her BFA in illustration from the School of Visual Arts about a year after her diagnosis. Her work has been honored by the Society of Illustrators. She's been featured by Yahoo for International Women's Day and worked on Marvel's Dark Hawk comic, sharing her MS voice and opinions. Welcome, Brooke. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I'm so glad you're here, too. I was on a Zoom call with you several months ago, and I heard you talking about what you do, and I thought it was really fascinating. So I reached out and got you booked for the pod, and I'm so excited to learn all about you and this really cool career you've got. Thank so you. let's start at the beginning. Tell me about your life like pre-diagnosis. What did it look like before all this nonsense started? Pretty regular. I was, I'm from Pennsylvania originally, the middle of nowhere, the woods, lots of mushrooms and moss. And that was lovely. And I went to college in New York and that was pretty regular too, like art school lifestyle. And then I had just turned 21 and I was doing things 21 year olds do, living my best life. And then things kind of hit the fan mm. very abruptly. And like, I'm from a family where you're never sick. You can take an Advil and have a nap and everything will be fine. <laughs> okay. So I was dealing with things and I was like, an Advil and a nap are not helping. Oh, what yeah. do we do? And it really took a lot of like convincing my family that there was something wrong before we did anything about it. Mm. So that was a fun ride. Yeah, you were in art school at the time when you were diagnosed. Yeah, I was finishing up my junior year. Okay. And I was in like, I was taking a summer class just to like have something to do and not to have to go home to Pennsylvania over the summer. <laughs> yeah. So I was taking a summer class and like my work was suffering, I think is a nice way to put it. Okay. And I had professors be like, what's going on? Yeah. And I was like, I'm struggling. So was it like cog fog that you were fighting? No, there was no memory stuff. It was a lot of like, I was very tired, a lot of numb and tingles and a lot of dropping, dropping things, like dropping everything. And I've always been a very clumsy person. So I don't know, was the stumbling always from BMS and like I ignored that or was it? I'm just clumsy, which could totally be. I could just be clumsy. <laughs> well, you were just taking an Advil and taking a nap yeah, and an not Advil paying and attention nap? to it. 
<laughs> but yeah, wow. it's ruining. I was ruining art pieces because I would like drop, I would drop stuff and it would be ruined. And I'd be like, this is so frustrating. Oh my gosh. So was it difficult to get a diagnosis? I mean, once you decided Advil and napping wasn't going to help, you went just, did you go to like a primary care or a neurologist? I mean, how did you start down that path? Right. My parents had a friend who was a doctor. So I saw him originally and he was like, it's carpal tunnel. You know, you wear this brace, you'll be fine. And I was like, okay. Then we went and we got a second opinion and he was like, this is cancer. Like you got to cut some things out of your neck and like, you'll be fine. And I was like, I am like panicking now. So we went back to the original doctor and he was just like listening to me complain about what was happening. And I said to him, I was like, if I looked down, like this lightning bolt runs down my neck. Yeah. And that it's not painful. It's just like really distracting. Yes. I have the same thing. Yes. It's uncomfortable, right? It's really uncomfortable. Yeah. So after he heard that, he immediately sent me to see a neurologist and he was like, you're going to need some MRIs. You're going to need this. You're going to need that. And the neurologist like did one MRI. She did like a brain and spine MRI. And she goes, I don't need to do a spinal cord. Oh, lucky like, gal. Great. Yeah. She's like, you're littered with lesions. Oh, and I was like, oh, wonderful. And I had, I had never heard of MS before. Mm. I had never heard of it. And my parents owned an old folks home and they knew what it was because of that. Yeah. They saw it there. Yeah. So it was a lot emotionally a lot in my life at that point because they had seen it from a perspective and then I was speaking to the neurologist and she was like you're so young and like medicine is great now and like things will probably be okay and like we're not going to panic and I was yeah. like okay everything's going to be okay <laughs> right oh my gosh that's a lot to take in anytime but at 21 oh gosh that is a tough time to learn this nonsense I think like looking back on it as an adult, I don't even know if it would be better to have to go through that now. Yeah. Right. Like I was young. I wasn't like doing too much stuff. Like I had Mm -hmm. the time to like settle into a diagnosis a little bit more. So maybe a benefit, but then like double-edged sword, did this delay my adulting and my career and like all this other stuff. Right. Yeah. Do you think it did? I do. I think about it in like, I never thought about it then because why would I, I'm just trying to be alive. Right. And now that I'm finally settled and like have a good thing going on for me, I think about it and I'm like, maybe all of this like constant struggling is because of that. And I ignored it, Mm -hmm. but thinking about it now, I'm like, that crippled my career a little bit. Wow. Well, that's interesting having, you know, time to look back, I guess, and understand what kind of took place and probably probably you needed some time and space to process that right because I think it's it's pretty numbing to get that diagnosis and I don't know that anybody really processes it immediately it it can take I mean I'm I'm 14 years in and honestly I'm still a little bit in denial (laughs) to be honest with you it works for me though but that's a lot 21 I mean I was 43 so I just wasn't yeah, I wasn't at the beginning of everything. And so I I think that, yeah, that's what it is. It's like, I got the diagnosis, the beginning when your life is supposed to start. And I was like, what am I going to 
I mean, like I lived, I'm here. I did. I killed it. I'm going to be honest. I feel like I crushed it. I agree, Brooke. I totally agree. And I'm glad that's your perspective on it because you are right. Thank you. Okay. I'm going to bounce around with my questions because that's the way my MSE brain works. But I love it. Did you, um, did you always want to be an artist? Yes. I feel like when it, I always had drawn as a kid and like I am, cre- I've always been creative. And when it came time to like pick school stuff, I was like, this. we're going to go for cooking or we're going to go for <laughs> art. And like right. these are things I like. That's and so cool. That's- are there any artists in your family? I think that my family is creative. Okay. My mom's like crafty, creative, and uh-huh. like my father would bake cakes and stuff like that. That's but so cool. I got the painting. The painting. I so wish I were an artist. Let me just say that. I can't even draw stick figures. And my mother was an artist, although she would have never described herself as that. But she painted beautiful pictures and... Oh, I just, that did not trickle down to me at all, <laughs> but oh, well, it's a little late now. Um, so now you can always pick up a, like a, like a, like a stitching thing, the needlework stuff. That's very trendy right now. Okay. I did that years ago. I don't have the patience for that kind of stuff, to be honest with you. I, I believe it. Whatever. And like with the fingers. Oh, right. Like, like I wouldn't be able to feel that things. anyway. So whatever. No. So. I think you partially answered this, but I want to delve deeper. Okay. Dive in. Tell me about your how your diagnosis impacted your career plans. If you didn't get that diagnosis, how, what what do you think you would have done? I just think that I wouldn't have constantly been worried about missing work for an appointment. Oh, my medication, my this, my that. Yeah. I have to leave New York to go see the doctor because at that time of my life, I was like a commuter I lived in New York, but all my medicine stuff was in PA. Mm, yeah. And that had a huge, like a weird spiral effect. Like I have to take days off at a time to go home to deal with medicine stuff and yeah. like doctor stuff and then try to come back to New York and like have this cool art career, like work in a magazine. And I was unmotivated to even attempt to do that because I knew in my head, like, this is going to be too much. Mm. So I, I was like waiting tables and nannying, which is great, right? I loved that part of my life. I'm glad that it is over, yes. but I was a great nanny. Yes. Good. Good to know. Yeah. Good to know you have that to fall back on. Exactly. The doors to the Patients Getting Paid membership community are now wide open. This is a community of people with chronic illness learning to find and create flexible remote work that accommodates their health. I call us chronicpreneurs. There are trainings, coaching calls, networking opportunities, co-workings, and a ton of resources. Want to take better care of yourself and still generate an income? Join us at patientsgettingpaid.com. So, okay, art school, diagnosis, work, and then at some point you must have settled in with it all because I know things are going well for you right now. So when did everything kind of come into focus and you got it all together? I just like hit this wall and I was very frustrated with myself and like 
I had seen other people just like making comics about their life and their this and their that. And I was just kind of like, at the time, the MS was not as prevalent in anything as it is now, right? Like, right. I feel like I can walk outside and see an ad for the MS society (laughs) now. But when I was diagnosed, it was nothing. It was like the desert of looking for things to talk about this disease. And I was frustrated by that. And I was unemployed at the time. And I hit up um, multiplesclerosis.net. And I was like, I want to make comments for you guys. And they were like, we love it. Let's do that. And it started there. So I'm so grateful to them for just having me make comics. And I really was in the beginning kind of just like feeling it out as I went, you know, like I knew I was an illustrator. I knew I could do this, but yeah, those are the first comics I had made. And then it just kind of worked for me. Yeah. And so now you're working for them full time. Yeah. I work for them full time. Now I make most of the illustrations you see, but we have a big team and everyone has a helping hand in it. How long have you been working for them? I just started in January. I have a vague memory of somebody at Health Union mentioning you, not by name, but that there was like someone coming in that was going to draw these. And I was like, that is so interesting to me. And I don't know that I knew that this illustrator, and we're going to get to that because I have a question about that too, actually had MS. That makes it even that much more yummy to me, but... I don't think I knew that, Thank but I think you. it's really kind of cool now talking to you. It's just, it's just kind of tickling in my head that I kind of remember hearing about you. <laughs> it's funny because if you scroll back through all of them, you can see where they started oh, and like where they, okay. where they ended, right? Like the style has yeah. adapted and like. That's very cool. They're I have cool. To go back. I'm very yeah, fond of them. I have to go look. Also, I did a video, I do videos for them now and again, and I did. One in particular with my daughters where I interviewed them to see how did that go? Oh my gosh, it's so cool. I'm so glad we have that because I very specifically did not tell them what I was going to ask beforehand. And I didn't want to know what they were going to say. I just wanted to, you know, vibe with what they were saying. And it was all about what was it like being raised with a mom with MS? And it was so interesting. Mm -hmm. I was really surprised by a number of their answers. Anyway, it's on multiplesclerosis.net. Yes. I'm going to have to. Yeah, it's so cool. It's so cool. But what I wanted to say to you was whoever did the drawing for that, I just loved it. And I've been meaning to go back there and say, hey, can I get a copy of that? Because I would absolutely blow that up and like frame it because it's such a sweet representation of such a sweet time that I spent with my kids talking about something that could be so shitty, but they, oh, they just made it bearable for me. They're really good kids. They're really amazing kids. That's the best thing is to have like a good support system. Yes. Yeah. They were the best. They, yeah. they still are. I was also very lucky with that. Like, yeah. Sounds like you have some family that really yeah, loves family, you Yeah. Family, friends. It was just kind of like perfect. It was perfect. So I know good. it's shitty, yeah. but it was perfect. Good. It was a perfect shitty situation. <laughs> yeah. And I do like, I think about it. I'm like, I'm a kinder person now because of this, which sounds terrible. I wasn't a monster before, but like, I'm the same way, Brooke. I think you just look at the world differently. Yeah. The lens is completely different. Like it's almost like somebody scrubbed off like 
yeah. I don't know, the schmutz on the lens yeah. and was like, here you go. This is what the world is really like. Yes, 100%. So. I see it much clearer now. And I, I feel... I feel the world's pain on a different level and I just yeah. want to go, okay, you don't have the same thing I do, but you've got something else. Like everybody's got their shit. This one just happens to be mine, you know, exactly. but everybody's got something, right? So um, does MS get in the way of your art at all? Are there days you can't? Ooh. Yeah, there's days I definitely like to do more and I know that like I can't and I just have to like take a break. And I like I like to do like, very big paintings, but that's tiring. Yeah. So sometimes I have to sit and like try to do them from the floor, which is fine. I mean, I'm making you just I just make it work. Right. Yeah. But like really get in the way of it. I think that's a quality that I have learned. Yeah. A gift of MS. Yeah. A gift <laughs> from the MS gods. Yeah. But I want to be able to keep going. So I've. I've realized that I, I like circle around many different art forms. So depending on how I'm feeling, maybe for the week or the day, who knows, it'll be a variety of like, maybe I'm painting, maybe I'm making ceramics, maybe I'm working on this rug, maybe I'm working on iPad illustrations. Mm. So I have a rotation. Just got to be creating. Yeah. Well, if I'm not creating, then what am I? I'm a potato. Yeah. And I don't like, I don't want to be a potato. Right. Well, speaking as a potato, <laughs> you have a podcast, happens, not a potato. So. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm glad that you don't let it get in your way. That's that's very cool. You're adaptable. So one thing I wanted to uh, this just came into mind. Are you familiar with the artist Lydia Emily? She paints with her hand, the brush shaped her yes. hands, right? Yeah. I've seen her. I've seen her on Instagram. Her stuff is. My God, she's so amazing. She also yeah. has MS, and I did an interview with her. So go on there and listen to her. She's amazing. And they just came out with her um, a documentary, The Art of Rebellion. So exciting. She's really amazing. She's really amazing. But anyway, I was kind of getting this vibe from you, very similar to her. So I guess it's the creativity and it's the open heart and all I of that. I think it's, it's just kind of like if I stop creating in some form, I will have nothing of my own. Yeah. And then the MS just has everything. If that makes sense. It wins. Yeah. Yeah, I totally get it. I totally get that. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. I'm like, I know you have your friends and your family, but like they're your friends, but they're not yours. Right. They live in you. Right. But this is something that is just yours and you're not going to let MS take it. I get it. I get that on a cellular level. My sister. So how did you get involved in Marvel's Darkhawk comic? That's so cool. And for those folks that aren't familiar, share with everyone the MS connection of Darkhawk. Oh, so the character in the Darkhawk graphic comic, comic book, Marvel, has MS, but doesn't in the beginning and like goes through the diagnosis process in the first book, I think it's in the first book. And... Yeah, he's a basketball player and like fumbles up and they're like living it. And that's the part that I assisted with. I didn't do any art. Oh, okay. So yeah. how did they find you? My partner knows the author oh, and cool. didn't make the connection or anything, but the author was poking around on the internet and saw my name, MS, gotcha. and like put all the pieces together. Put it together and said, yeah. I need to 
get her on yeah. this project. That's so cool. It was really cool. I'm like super flattered. Like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. Did the I don't know. Am I saying it right? The author, the uh, author or artist, author of it, author have a connection to MS. I mean, why why did he choose MS? Do you know? I've- I feel like through speaking with him, I think maybe he had family with somebody who had MS, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. Gotcha. Well, I'm thrilled. I am thrilled. The more, you know, the more it can get out there in the world and share and it came out so good too. Like the story was, I, I know that I helped be the backboard for the story, but like, it was great. And like, good. I feel like it validates people with MS and like, yeah people who don't know how to speak to their family about it and like maybe hand them this comic book and like, maybe that's enough, but yeah, that's so cool. You should, I think you are very proud of it. If not, you should, you should absolutely be so proud. I mean, so I'm pleased. Yay. We're all proud of you and we're proud you're one of us. So was it like an interview kind of that like, did he ask you questions or you just shared and said, this was what happened to me. And this is kind of like shooting the shit on the phone. Love it. And like sharing like stories back and forth a little bit. And like, I, and I feel like that's like most creative processes, right? Like, it's just kind of like, let me just like dabble on until Mm -hmm. something, until something hits the wall that we like. Right. Yeah. I love that. That brings up a weird, I'm sorry, this is such a weird place to ask this question, but I just remembered it. (laughs) What is the difference between being an illustrator and being an artist? Don't you have to be one to be the other? Okay. Yeah. I do think, I think that people, who identify as only being an artist can have many different talents. Right. Right. And I think people who identify as being an illustrator want to, to be an illustrator, right? Like do editorial stuff. Yeah. Okay. Maybe, maybe you're a textile illustrator, maybe you're a children's book illustrator, but you're still an artist, right? Like you still have to. Right. At a base level, you need to be an artist to be. And I gotcha. That's kind of what I thought, but thanks for clarifying. Yeah. That's how I, that's how I think of it. And like, Maybe some people will correct me, but hopefully not. Hopefully we all agree. <laughs> and so where do people go to find out more about you and see your work? I have a website and I have an Instagram account, which Super. is my first and last name, which is oh, a mouthful. It is indeed. <laughs> and I'm going to put that in the in the show notes, but oh, go I ahead and it. say it. My name is Brooke Pelzinski. And my website is brookpelzinski.org. And my Instagram account is brookpelzinski underscore art. Excellent. Those will be in the show notes. And it's not like, you know, you're Susan Smith. I mean, oh my God, right? They're not going to land on the wrong one by accident. I always think about it. I'm like, is it better to have a ridiculously complicated last name or is it better to just like have something cheeky and easy? No, it's fantastic. I love it. I love it. I really do. I mean, oh, it's you. It's your own. It's no, you're not sharing with anybody. No, it has a nice, a nice zest to oh, it. You. I, think, I right? totally <laughs> agree, Brooke. I totally agree. Well, I just can't thank you enough for sharing yourself and your story with us today. And one more thing before you go. We here in the FUMS Nation speak to the stupid diseases it deserves. And we tell it FUMS every day. Day. So if you would please lead us in our salute to the bastard on three, are you ready? I'm ready. One, two, three. And F-U-M-S. Ooh, that was a good one. I felt it deep. Did you feel it, did you feel it in your I neck and rolling it. down your back? Like yes, a little, a little I did. I loved spark. it. 
I loved it. Thank you so much. Brooke. Appreciate it. Thank you. I hope everyone has a great day. Quick shout out to Steve Woodward at podcastingeditor.com for the fantastic work on this podcast, including editing, show notes, and ingenious ideas. If you'd like help with your podcast, whether you're just starting out or an old pro, visit podcastingeditor.com and tell Steve I sent you. Thanks, everybody. I really appreciate you listening to the FUMS Podcast Show. Be sure to subscribe to it so you won't miss an episode. You can do that right on the website at FUMSnow.com. While you're there, sign up for the free email list so you'll be among the first to know of any new findings in MS research, new therapies and products, as well as any blog posts and podcast episodes I release. Want to chat with others in the FUMS community? Join us on Facebook at FUMS Now. Thanks again, and don't forget to talk to the stupid disease as it deserves. Tell it FUMS every day.